Welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast, where licensed attorney and certified life coach, Laura Kelly, teaches you how to bring joy, harmony, and balance to your practice and your life. Hello, colleagues, whenever or wherever you are, welcome to the Joyful Attorney Podcast. I'm your host, professional certified coach and practicing attorney, Laura Kelly. Now, there are a couple of theories regarding the development of human consciousness that really resonate with me. And that's right, we're going straight into the deep psychological stuff today. No messing around, so buckle up. Number one, social brain hypothesis. This theory suggests that the development of consciousness in humans was driven by the need for social interaction and cooperation. The ability to understand and predict the intentions and thoughts of others would have provided a significant evolutionary advantage. And related to the social brain hypothesis is the theory of the mind. This suggests that consciousness emerged as a way to understand and predict the mental states of others, allowing humans to navigate complex social environments. Now, both of these theories suggest that the development of consciousness allowed us to understand others. Now, of course, early humans had to navigate much less complicated social situations than what we experience today. I mean, Neanderthals threw very few dinner parties in their very short lifespans. Our human consciousness allows us to constantly invent stories about ourselves, our people, circumstances, and the world at large. These stories, our thoughts, aren't necessarily true, but they certainly feel true. And some of us get so caught up in these stories that we allow them to make us miserable, despite the fact that the purpose was really to keep us safe. One of the ways our human consciousness negatively affects us is by trying to predict the future. Our brains tell us all kinds of stories about how the future will be, both bad and good. But for many of us, it's usually bad. I can tell you that my brain loves to explore worst case scenarios. In early humans, this was definitely a survival benefit. The people who were constantly on the lookout for and prepared for attacks by saber-toothed tigers were more likely to survive. What I realize now is that doomsday worst-case scenario planning certainly has its benefits. And that's the business model for Costco, really, the store for the end of the world. I tend to deal with crises well, but when I'm deep into it, it prevents me from truly enjoying the present moment. And the fact is that worst-case scenarios rarely happen. Can we allow ourselves to be wrong about what we think will happen in the future? The truth is that we have no idea about what is going to go down. And even the best prediction algorithms aren't particularly accurate. We hate uncertainty so much that some of us would rather focus on the worst-case scenario than let go of what might happen. I have been trying to diffuse my inner pessimist and worry ward. When I find myself lost in thoughts of zombie apocalypses or a Trump re-election, I try to bring myself back to my breath. I remind myself that there are millions and billions of factors, and I have no control over the vast majority of them. I don't know what tomorrow will bring, let alone next week, next month, or next year. And instead of getting lost in my negative stories, I try to remind myself that I am a resourceful and resilient person. I have overcome so many challenges. 
I have to trust myself that no matter what happens, I will find a way to take the best next steps and find opportunity through adversity. I can bask in the knowledge that no amount of worrying or negative story spinning will actually change an outcome. So the best I can do is let go of outcomes and enjoy this present moment, the only moment that is actually promised to us. Now, all this to say that I do not advocate or ascribe to the notion of toxic positivity. Toxic positivity refers to the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. And the process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. Certainly portraying positivity can lead people to feel ashamed or guilty for having negative emotions. This denial can prevent individuals from processing and dealing with their real feelings. And it's an invalidation of genuine emotions. When someone's true feelings are dismissed or belittled, often with phrases like, just stay positive, or it could be worse, it can make them feel like their emotions are not valid or important. And this can lead to feelings of isolation and loneliness. And it's also an avoidance of necessary confrontation. Toxic positivity can lead to avoidance of difficult but necessary conversations. This can result in unresolved issues and a lack of personal growth or problem solving. And it also affects our mental health. Suppressing negative emotions and forcing a positive facade can exacerbate mental health issues. It can increase stress, anxiety, and depression as individuals are not addressing or coping with their emotional reality. And it also can bring strain to relationships. Relationships suffer when people feel that they cannot share their true feelings. If a person always feels the need to appear happy, it can prevent deep, meaningful connections based on mutual understanding and support. It also creates unrealistic expectations. Constant positivity sets an unrealistic standard for the human experience. Life naturally involves ups and downs. And feeling a range of emotions is a healthy part of dealing with various experiences. Now, whether we're relentlessly focused on a negative outcome or a positive outcome, we are living in the denial of our present reality. We can and must make plans and often contingency plans. We can't assume there won't be rain on our wedding day, which is not ironic, don't you think? If there's an outdoor event planned for August in Miami, you need a contingency for rain. We can focus on the beauty of the event without assuming that there will be no rain or obsessing over the possibility of rain. I hope that lands for you, friends. And as usual, I have a story about this. So I may have mentioned a few times that I'm training for a marathon. Well, friends, I went too hard, too fast, and injured myself. Three weeks before the event, I sprained my calf muscle. I'm on a forced rest until the week of the marathon at a minimum. At this point, I don't know whether I'll be cleared to run or not. And as you can imagine, I was pretty devastated. I am pretty devastated. And I also tried to spin all kinds of scenarios where I could still train, still run, and still make my reality different from what it is. And then I realized no amount of plotting or thinking would change the outcome. I have to rest. I'm not willing to risk my sprain turning into a tear. 
I hope I get to run the marathon, but I don't know. I don't know whether I'll be able to finish it if I start. I do know that I have learned a valuable lesson about training. I also know that whatever happens, I'm going to hold my head up high with a slight limp and feel very proud of what I've accomplished so far. I trust that I will make the best decisions for my body, taking in the opinions of experts and my own judgment, but I will not be obsessed with the outcome. It's unknown and unknowable, as all things in the future are. I hope you found this helpful. If so, please let me know by writing me at laura at thejoyfulattorney.com. Also, I'd love it if you could rate and review this podcast so more people can find it. Even better, share it with a friend. I would so appreciate that. And until next time, stay joyful. Learn more about how you can work with Laura Kelly by going to thejoyfulattorney.com. Thank you for listening.